right, up next, some uh, medical technology news. Uh, Peel Region is considering a pitch from a doctor who actually wants to save lives through the use of drones. Yes, that's right, dro- drones. Dr. Sheldon Cheskis is the medical director at Sunnybrook, and he says that drones equipped with defibrillators to help cardiac arrest victims could actually save lives. Obviously, when there's an episode of cardiac arrest, well, seconds, never mind minutes, but seconds matter. And he says that if you could get these defibrillators on drones and to people that are in distress, if you could get to them quicker, obviously that would save lives. Currently, on average, there are three to four cases of cardiac arrest every day in Peel region alone. And Dr. Sheskis joins us here now on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Doctor, appreciate your time. Uh, no problem at all. All right. First off, uh, drones. I think uh, when we hear about drones in the news, they're usually delivering goods. They're delivering pizzas, that sort of thing. Uh, where did this idea come from to make them uh, part of the medical community, as it were? Well, I think drones have been used uh, for a period of time in the medical community, really in developing countries to deliver uh, drugs in areas that the drugs could not get to. Um, and we had done some research now uh, a couple of years back looking at whether we could respond to cardiac arrest quicker uh, via drones as opposed to our classic EMS system. So we did some research and looked at if you placed uh, drones in certain areas in Ontario, uh, could you, or certainly in our region in Toronto, could you actually minimize response times in both urban and rural cardiac arrest? And, and what we found, if you put them in the right places based on historic response times, you could really save time in both rural and urban cardiac arrest. And most, per, and most properly, rural cardiac arrest really uh, would decrease response time. So that's where our interest came from a, from a um, sort of technical point of view. But the issue is... Uh, Although that looks great on paper, uh, translating it to real life is what we're trying to do now, and and that's where the interest uh, has come. Okay, I was going to ask you, because that was my next question, uh, just practically, uh, how would this work? Somebody has a heart attack uh, somewhere in a remote area, and uh, one of these drones is set up uh, strategically in a certain position, and... Uh, I don't know, can that person or somebody around them call for it to, to come to them? Yeah, so I think, so I just want to clarify because I think there was a bit a classic misconception there in terms of heart attack versus cardiac arrest. So a heart attack is when you have a, a blockage in a vessel supplying blood to the heart and you have some heart damage uh, caused by that. Whereas a cardiac arrest is a complication of some heart attacks, but in a cardiac arrest, your heart is no longer beating. Okay. Uh, so there's no electrical activity. There's no muscular contraction. Uh, for all intents and purposes, you're not alive. Uh, so what happens in this car, in this situation is a bystander would call 911. In a typical process, uh, EMS and the fire department would be sent. Uh, they'd get there as soon as they could. They'd hook up a defibrillator and hopefully shock the heart back into a regular rhythm and survive cardiac arrest. In the process we're proposing, what would happen is not only would EMS and fire be dispatched, but a drone would be dispatched from a certain location within uh, the rural community to the area of the cardiac arrest so that the bystander could use the AED that's actually uh, in the drone to actually provide the shock, uh, in theory, earlier than we could get there for fire and EMS. And sure. Can, can I stop you and just ask you a quick question there? Because yeah. it occurred to me, uh, you know, as a layperson, just a civilian, somebody who calls for this, do I need any sort of training to be able to? I mean, this sounds pretty complicated to, to shock a, a person or shock their heart. So again, it's really a huge misconception. Eh? So, you know, we have AEDs everywhere. Like there's AEDs 
in uh, in airports, uh, local stores, gyms. They're incredibly simple to use. You pull them off the wall, you press the button, and it actually guides you to the process of applying the AED to the patient. There's really simple instructions that the defibrillator provides to the user to make it as easy as possible. We're going to take it the next step further by having software with a with a smartphone application that's actually attached to the AED that will actually guide you to remove the uh, the AED from the drone and guide you through that process that's already been into, built into a great many of the AEDs. So I think uh, it's actually quite simple. It's the fear of use that actually uh, prevents many people from using it, but actually using an AED is incredibly simple. Yeah. Can you do it to yourself? Uh, and I'm thinking back, and I'm sorry to use a movie example, but I'm thinking about Casino Royale and James Bond. I, I don't know if you've seen that where he's in the car and he attaches that to, to himself and shocks his heart back. <laughs> Yeah, there's a difference between the movies and real life. Okay. Right? So you won't be doing that to yourself. Okay? <laughs> All right. Well, listen, you mentioned a second ago that uh, survival rates from cardiac arrest are abysmal. Just what are the chances of uh, surviving an episode right now? So really, um, you know, it, it all depends on the situation. So overall survival, uh, we're in, in certainly in Peel Region, Toronto. We have some of the better survival rates uh, across the world. You uh, could be anywhere from 10 to 15 percent. But if an AED is applied to you and a shock is provided, survival can be 50 to 60 percent. So it's way higher if these AEDs are used. The trouble is we're not using them enough. And the, and the reason for that is we're not getting them to the bystander in a timely fashion to allow them to use it. So although we have lots of them around, they're not being used as we wish them to be used. And that's, a, and that's the reason why we've come up with uh, an, perhaps another solution. Okay. Is that just a case of organization, getting everybody on board and uh, get, getting this program implemented? Or, or is it a case of money that uh, this is going to be fairly costly and expensive? No. I, I, this, I, listen. Uh, I save, we save in our program three or four more uh, lives a year uh, out of, a, of, a, out of uh, 50 cardiac arrests. That'll more than certainly save the cost of a defibrillator. I, this has nothing to do with cost. Uh, it does take an incredible amount of organization. We've done a, uh, an incredible amount of work just to get to this point. Uh, so uh, moving, the, moving it forward, uh, we're really excited about it. And, and cost really isn't a big issue for us. Uh, just finally, where do you see uh, the role the role of drones in the next five, I don't know, 10, 15 years in medicine? Is it going to continue to, to expand? Are we going to utilize them more and save more lives? Well, think about it this way. So if I can show there's a benefit in a rural community, what about indigenous communities? What about communities around Canada, around the world, where you there, there may not even be an ambulance in those communities? What about getting ASA, epinephrine, uh, bleeding or stop bleeding kits that we can actually put in a drone and deliver to patients. What about immunization, uh, which is done to areas where we can't get to? Uh, what about localizing the sites uh, of people who are involved in accidents in remote areas where we can't actually get to them physically uh, by a classic EMS response? So I think there's huge potential for drone use in medicine. Uh, my focus as a resuscitation researcher is really cardiac arrest, but I think uh, the potential is actually is really quite huge. Yeah, and listen, if we start saving lives, I'm sure that this is going to uh, branch out, uh, spread out. We're going to find more and more uses for it. Uh, just, just finally, I was shocked to read that there's, what, three or four cardiac episodes in Peel Region alone each and every day that possibly yeah. drones could be utilized for? Well, the, the question is, that's three or four overall, 
Okay, so, you know, I think our focus initially is going to be on the rural community. Uh, then what we do is if we see it being successful, I think then we hope to branch it out to the full EMS response. So, you know, it may not be available or be used for every cardiac arrest, but I think we can use it for more than what we're doing right now. And hopefully, if our initial stages seem to be successful, we'll continue to expand it as our research uh, shows it to be beneficial. Well, some very interesting, very exciting work are being done. Doctor, I really appreciate the time with us today. Thanks so much. Uh, no problem at all. Thanks for your time. That is Dr. Sheldon Cheskis. He's the medical director at Sunnybrook Center for Pre-Hospital Medicine.